Oh, I said, uh, very grateful to anyone who sends in those stories. It's, it's funny when I sit back and I listen to them, you know, afterwards and, and, uh, just have a quiet moment. It, it helps kind of bring me back and center me. So, and Lawrence, it's funny watching his expressions and his reactions to the stories. So it's, uh, I'm really, really grateful for everybody's efforts and bringing their stories forward. So thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they, uh, they, the reason for doing it is a sad reason, but uh, I'll bet every one of them was glad that they're having the opportunity to uh, give you guys your pats on the back and well-deserved praise and some funny stories. Yeah. yeah. All right, Michelle. Very so good. we'll, we'll si- sign off from you. Me and chief will carry on for a while. Love you. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, Steve. We'll talk to you guys later. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Okay, now we can tell the juicy stories, Chief. <laughs> yeah, that's are you still recording? Or are you, yeah, I'm recording cool. it right now. Okay, there's another one here. Okay, perfect. Then, uh, so our next uh, person on the list is uh, Trevor Yule. Too cool, Yule. <laughs> <laughs> another roommate of the past. It's funny how many guys have lived in that house over the years. Yeah, you went through quite I, a few men. Yeah, that's right. We, I think uh, the four of us moved in. Randy Murphy... Tim and myself, or Clint and uh, myself, we moved in in the spring of 91, and I ended up buying the place like 10 years later. Jesus, I would have had a half paid off if I had bought it back in the day, but of course, no hook privates back in those days. We were, it took four of us just to make the rent payment, let alone yeah. make a having a mortgage on a house. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how you married folks did it. <laughs> yeah. He's crazy. So uh, Trevor Yule, yeah, he, he moved in and uh, met him at 3RCR, of course. He's a infantry, another guy that's driven the body, Pathfinder, um, JM, or a, a para-instructor, pre-faller, kind of hardcore infantry guy. You know, these guys are just, and you know what, and a humble guy on the same thing, like, um, you know, being a roommate there that was involved in his job that much, but uh, you know, another, like we had our daughter when he was living there and he would take turns babysitting her for us or looking after her, or, you know, she would cry and he'd go pick her up too. Like there's a tough guy, uh, you know, trained to kill her and, uh, just can be a nanny down well. to earth. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, uh, he ended up rebadging, like you said, uh, to Pickley and moved out to Edmonton to be closer to his family. Yeah. Um, cause he was so far away from him in Petawawa. Um, but, uh, I haven't, I've lost touch with him over the years as well. I think the last time I seen him might be in like 10 years ago. Yeah. Now it's, it's been a long time since so, I've seen him. Yeah, exactly. And I don't have his number. So it'll be good to get that part from him there. But too cool. You buddy, good hot tub parties in the back time there. Uh, just a great, great guy. Um, and then, uh, we got Jim Abramchuk again. He comes up, but I've already mentioned him a couple times. I remember uh, on that exercise, uh, Thunderbolt there, I guess John Busey has a phobia of snakes. And, yes, he uh, does. The, I don't know. And this is not a, a simple phobia. Like he is like petrified of him. I didn't know this, you know, I'm just a show up new guy. And, uh, Jim had found a garter snake and, uh, <laughs> we were in the, in the back section tent and he came in with this snake and went to throw it on him. 
and Beardstiab was sitting by a fire extinguisher, and he was swinging that thing <laughs> to take Jim out there. Oh yeah, it was uh, it was hilarious for about a half a second, <laughs> <laughs> and then it got serious. <laughs> and then it got pretty serious, yeah. And then everybody got the hint to not pull out a snake again. <laughs> But you know that's just the the you know the, the, the giver attitude and and again you're only going to bug the people that you like uh, the guy that's left alone well you gotta wonder why no one's talking to him right yeah. so <laughs> yeah exactly why are they not mocking that's, me <laughs> yeah why are they not mocking me right so uh, excellent you know just and that's what that whole thing was it certainly wouldn't stand the test of times now with. Uh, with uh, treating people with respect and harassment and all that kind of stuff, we'd all be in jail. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it was the time back then, and, and then we've learned, learned, learned a lot from that. <laughs> uh, so Dave Harding. Uh, Dave, yeah, a combat engineer who remastered to uh, MedTech, and then I was able to work with him. And then, because I worked with him as a combat engineer when I was there, I spent about seven and a half years with the 2CR in total there, the best posting I ever had, just an amazing group of people to work with. They, yeah. they, uh, have a great way of treating their, uh, support trades. Uh, they treat each other like shit. <laughs> well, they treat, we, we were in Wainwright with, uh, with the engineers, you and I. What's that? You and I were with the engineers in Wainwright. We did a task. Yeah, that's there. right. <laughs> yeah. The one time. Is we that got the out, time with- yeah, it was yeah. the one time we got out of bed on time. <laughs> it was it was the very day there was an accident right outside the our uh, our walls. The, yeah, that's right. Like maybe I don't know, not even five hundred feet from us, uh, an elf just flipped over in the ditch, and the guy was thrown from it. Yeah, because we sure. slept late and scratched our nuts. <laughs> this time, for whatever reason, we got up, and the the Iltis driver fell asleep and drove off the uh, off the road in the uh, in the Iltis. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's some memories back then. Wow. <laughs> you know, that was a humbling experience for me at the time too. I think it was the first, I think probably the first exercises I was on and you were the senior guy, of course. And, uh, you were a QL five. I was a QL three. And in that accident, you know, other than, uh, I think he had a, a damaged knee in there as well. Other than mm-hmm. rejecting his, respecting his neck and his airway. Yeah. Um, but you'd asked me to splint up his knee and I was kind of looking at his knee like, okay, how do I do this again? I do like, when was the last time I did my knee? When do you practice your knee splinting? Right. You know, there, you do leg splinting, but when was the last time you practice splinting a knee, a fractured knee? And I remember looking at it like a screensaver, like, uh, what do I do? <laughs> and you just get a, so common professionally to say cheap, uh, you know, cause you could tell that I was like a hesitant at that point. What am I going to do with this stuff? And, uh, you can, you pointed out to me, okay, take this direction, put it this way under the back of his knee, as opposed to the side and yeah. support so it like bend. that way. Yeah. And I think you were doing the Mary Otter training at the time, the first aid competition. I think I'd done it already. Yeah. I think it was over by that, uh, yeah. that time. And that's probably the only reason I knew that. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, you, you did it in a professional way without embarrassing me in front of all these people that were standing around. And um, and it was a good, really good scenario on my part where, you know, there's some things in medicine that you have time to look up in a book or, you know, uh, now it's Google or whatever. Yeah. Um, but there are other things that you have to know them at the point of, of injury or the point of you contacting these people 
or you're or the patient's going to suffer or, you know, because of your inactions of what you're doing it. So that was a good lesson early on in my career to, you know, don't take that you've learned it one time and you're going to have it always with you. You got to, you know, keep that. Use that it or lose or, it. Yeah. in your nightstand and every time you have trouble sleeping, pull this thing out. I'm sure it'll help you go to sleep in about 10 minutes. But what you'll do is, is refresh yourself on maybe some of those narcotic drugs that you don't use all the time or, or, uh, you know, just something that always requires immediate action. And then if you haven't done it in a while, at least you can pull it out of your repertoire instead of looking at the person like a screensaver. Because if they're looking at you more scared than you're looking at them, it's not a good thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a good good learning process there. That was probably the one time I was professional, so it's it's been witnessed by somebody. I can take that to the grave. <laughs> <laughs> he was well, professional once. Yeah. That's right. Well, some boys back in the day would, uh, you know, ring me up. So what the fuck are you doing? You know, get this on here and get this stuff and, and create and added more stress to an already stressful situation, yeah. right? Because this vehicle is flipped upside down beside us and this guy's laying in a ditch, you know, and you don't know what his damage is at the point. But uh, you were calm, cool. And by doing that, you kept me calm and cool. And we ended up uh, treating the guy and he made it out yeah. just fine. Yeah, so good on you, Steve. You're a good one of my first mentors there back in the day. <laughs> That's fucking frightening. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think we got off Dave Harding's uh, thing. So right now he's actually working in uh, in uh, doing biopsies, uh, analyzing these things, and um, I guess he does the same thing, which I'm actually going through right now. He's one of the persons that. Uh, makes the diagnosis of what's going on with people. So I, I can't believe how far Dave's been moving through the through the skill level there. Um, and then Dave was always another one of those quiet um, guys at work. He never said boo. Um, and then you go talk to him, and he would just be smiles, uh, a really sociable guy, but he wasn't a in-your-face kind of a, a social butterfly, I guess, like uh, you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Or me, I guess. Yeah, and, uh, not exactly a wallflower either. Yeah, but if you were lucky enough to go over and meet the guy or talk to him, you'd find out he was just an amazing fella. And uh, yeah, Dave and I uh, did a lot of things over together. Um, yeah, he was at the house parties. I remember him showing up at the house party one day, and he had crutches on. He broke his leg. I can't recall where it was from now, though. But I remember giving him fresh beers there. <laughs> and I think he was working the keg too for well, filling up everybody's beer because he couldn't dance. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, really good fella. Yeah, I'm glad he's doing well there. Um, Joanne Robertson. Uh, she did a nice podcast with you there too. Yeah, Joanne and I uh, were through basic training together back in July of 1990s when we started out in Cornwallis. And then, of course, when our QL3s together and our first postings together were to Petawala. Um, and Joe has always been uh, part of the group, as you know. She's, she's um, you know, a person that uh, um, can tell you everything what it is. She doesn't uh, hold things back. Uh, I think that's what people no, like about her is, her is her personality, right? She can carry on a conversation about anything at the table. Right. And she's usually controlling the pace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. glad to have her on the, uh, the PA course. Yeah, that's right. She was looking after us on the PA course. Yeah. Uh, a little note there. She, um, 
when I was on phase two of uh, the PA course there, I had uh, a little, uh, <clears throat> an inc- well, not an incident. When I arrived to London to do my uh, one of my rotations, um, I got the uh, Sunday night, you, you arrive and you start Monday morning. Anyway, I got a call from my mother that my uh, brother, my younger brother had passed away. I think he was 34 at the time. He was just a young guy. And, yeah, exactly. So when I went in to start my rotation in the morning there, I let the doc go and he's like, well, what are you doing here? Like go home to be with your family. So called Joe up and she, you know, got everything sorted out for me. Um, was able to go home for that. And, um, when I came back to, on the second week of that rotation, um, it was a outpatient rotation. So I finished it with the other psychiatrist that I work with and, he gave me a, a good write-up, probably mostly because, you know, what I was going through because <laughs> I only spent a week with him out of two weeks. And then you go, the next part of the rotation is to go to inpatient and the ward there in the mental health. Anyway, I showed up there, and uh, the doc that I was supposed to be working there, same thing had happened with him, and he wasn't on site, so I worked to work with this other fella. I don't know, I'm sure I've told you the story. Yes, you have. Yeah, and... Uh, um, the doc there, uh, I spent the morning working with him. And as we were walking back to his office, I asked him a, you know, a couple of just nonchalant questions. Like, are you from London? Uh, are you married? You know, kids, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the next day, so that was the end of our day. The next day, the doc shows up that I was supposed to work with. And he goes, yeah, you got to go see Dr. So-and-so. Uh, he wants to, wants to see you. I said, okay. So I go into his office and right away he comes aboard me for, uh, First of all, uh, you asked you are the student and I am the doctor. You do not ask me such questions of if I'm married and have kids and uh, where I'm from. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, I still shake my head over that one. Yeah, that's right. They come aboard me like that, right? And of course, he was this small little fellow. And I'm sitting in the, and I remember these little arm <laughs> rests on the chair. My fists were just wrapped around this and just listening to this guy and taking it, right? And uh, he said, and because you didn't finish or didn't do all of your last rotation, I'm going to contact the school and make sure you come back here at the end of your course to repeat that uh, or to finish that week that you missed. And um, and he was saying all this stuff, and he had already contacted the school and said this kind of stuff. And and I had to rebut it at the end saying, well, listen, you know, I – I'm in the military. We're, we're all from across Canada. Like one of the first thing you ask somebody is where they're from, because we're never all from the base we're posted to. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I didn't realize that asking if he was married or had kids was a, was a boundary because, you know, every physician was different. Right. I, even I was in Winnipeg the, the week prior, two weeks prior, you know, the doc guy had me over to his house and we went to football games together. Uh, you know, rode around on the Red River in his truck and spinning around on the ice. Yeah, exactly. It was just a different atmosphere. Yeah, exactly, right? So this guy was on the other end of the Was scale. he an immigrant as well? Pardon me? Was was the guy, the doctor, was he an immigrant as well? Like the one he, he was asked an where immigrant, he was from. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah he, he probably took immigrant. that as yeah. some sort of, you know, racist. Yeah, so from their culture to ask somebody where they're from, he said that was also a racist thing to say, and I didn't realize he didn't have an accent. I just thought he was from Toronto. It didn't matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, exactly. So um, so anyway, going through that, of course, after I leave a meeting with him, I got to call Joe, who's our, who was our course, director. course uh, director at the time, and let her know what's on the go. And um, she was instrumental at uh, hooking me up with uh, – 
Dr. K.O., if you remember him, Colonel K.O., or Captain, I guess he was Navy, Captain Navy. And uh, uh, I had to go meet with him, and he said, well, I got the assessment from your first week. Doc already gave you a good assessment. You don't have to uh, re- come back to repeat that part of your week because you already passed it. Um, and he also let me know that uh, because I was a paratrooper, <laughs> this is the, he goes, you got you paratroopers, you come down here and you guys are like orthopedic surgeons in that atmosphere. And mental health folks don't like orthopedic surgeons because they're too cocky. And that guy does not like you. <laughs> so, so he said, don't worry, you don't have to come back. And uh, he, he looked out for me as well. So it was good, yeah. good on that. <laughs> no. yeah. But but it was all done initially through uh, Joanne Robertson. So, of course, I was being in a taking a week off of work or school for my brother and then going through this part. So it was probably an administrative burden for her, but um, thank you, Joe, for doing all that. Um, As you know, being on the PA course is one of the most stressful times you can have in your life. And when you know you have a course director that's looking out for you, that's, uh, that's, that's huge. Right. So thank you so much for that. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. I echo the same. What's that? I said, I echo the same sentiment that's right yeah exactly uh megan churnside so megan's uh uh she is a public health or uh public health uh mental health nurse now in uh, borden um but at the time she was looking after all the nurses and training when uh when i was um the program director for the pa program in borden and um megan uh, extremely smart nurse i mean anytime i had to do a database or some kind of a budgetary thing like this, she she could just put stuff on uh, on the computer like nothing. And I don't know how many times she's had to help me do that. Um, but one of the biggest things that she um, looked out for our family was is when I retired, or was retiring from the military, she took it upon herself. She went around to folks in the building there, the training center, to beg for money. <laughs> so it asked for donations to folks that wanted to, uh, and then when she did that, she went and purchased a a tree and um, had a plaque made up of uh, bronze, I guess, um, to be planted on the base there and um, the honor of uh, me and my, or my family and myself there. Yeah, uh, I saw uh, the the plaque and uh, she sent me pictures of it. Yeah, I know. Just an amazing thing to have that. Yeah. Um, So it's it's um, outside the museum in in Borden. There, they have a walking trail there through the field, and and uh, if anybody's out there, you'll see a a nice big birch tree. It's starting to grow pretty good now. She took a picture of it there in the spring. There's no leaves on it yet, but uh, it has the plaque there. Sort of symbolic Um, of you not having hair. Well, I guess we didn't get through this podcast without a <laughs> It was too easy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Should have no, got an evergreen. God yeah. damn it, I low, wasn't thinking. Low-hanging fruit, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so there's Megan. That's that's uh, Megan for sure, you know, just looking out for people and making sure that, uh, you know, that they go out with style. So thank you so much for Megan. She also... Um, organized my retire or part with dignity out of the school there, and that was a nice thing that everybody uh, put together in the conference room there. And of course, the uh, uh, retirement party because we went and did a pub crawl that night on Friday and uh, 
I don't know, maybe 20, 30 people from the unit out getting liquor, going from one bar to the next. So that was a great time. Yeah, with the t-shirts. Yeah. yeah. So here's a person that you know with me as well, Nancy Waugh, or Roy, over yeah, she talks. She was on the PA course with us, and while we were on phase one, she uh, discovered that she was uh, that she had cancer. Yeah, and um, of course, uh, you know, breaking that news to all of us, and and then uh, of course during her treatment, she had to come off the PA course, and then uh, um, you know, and that was devastating for for on both accounts. You know, one discovering you have cancer, and and how how much is that's going to affect your life. And then two, you're you're trugging along in this course that so you want to get it over and done with, and now it's going to be delayed another year at least, right before she can come back on it. I'm not sure when she went back on the PA course, but she is she is a PA, so I know she I don't know if she went back the next year or not. I think it was the next year. It wasn't it was that long after. Eh? Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's a testament of the times too. Like uh, there's only two females, three females on our PA course. Two females. Two. Two out of I don't know what twenty five people. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think it was twenty five. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So here's at a testosterone rich environment, and these uh, two girls excelled at it as well. So, um, you know, <laughs> just a lovely, lovely person, and for her to um, put a note in there for us for the podcast, just uh, again shows not only is she a driven person, but she's a caring person. So thank you so much for that, Nancy. Hope everything's going well with you as well. And um, I may, once I get your contact information, uh, give you a call and you can give me some briefing on what to expect for some treatment. So, uh, <laughs> so Dave Wiermeyer, do you remember Dave? Oh, yeah. I yeah. Mean, I wouldn't recognize yeah. him today. No, and I, I haven't seen him in so long. Yeah, for sure. Well, he sent, but, he sent uh, a photo. Uh, there's a photo coming with a book. Oh, is there? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, the first thing, when I, as soon as I heard the guy there, I pictured his smiling face because he was always, always laughing, this guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just always had a, you know, there's people, you you know, when you when you walk up beside, they just, or when they come into a room, they're always smiling. They have this energy about them that, um, you know, just brightens up your day. <laughs> and Dave, Dave was definitely that guy, you know, he just liked being around people like that because that energy just flows into you. And, you know, um, it didn't matter what you're doing. It was all, you could be standing in the rain training and Dave would be cracking a joke. Right. Um, you just like hanging around people like that. So again, Dave, thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to, to write that uh, letter. And, um, uh, again, I'm going to reach out to you too as well. Okay, um, Marianne Barber. <laughs> Good old so Marianne. she was, yeah, she was uh, a, a nurse, high speed nurse on uh, tour with us there yeah. in Afghanistan. She was good for you lots of laughs. Oh yeah, again, you know these people that just they're always laughing. You know they just they. It's not that they don't take uh, life seriously. It's just they just know how to enjoy it you know what i mean it's uh um you know everybody's got a you know it's that's expression there where you don't always can have the ability to control the situation you're in but you can control your reaction to it yeah and uh, you know here's a person that whenever i was around her seen her she she just always had that quick wit you know you couldn't beat her to a joke yeah and uh you know she'd put a smile on your face right and it was almost like she had a 
um, a duty to make sure the other person was having a good day, right? Well, she understands um, that life is terminal and uh, nobody gets out of it alive, so she makes the best of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Is she? Do you know where she's at right now? Yeah, she's working up on Baffin Island in Akelowit, I think, as a nurse. Public health. Oh, nurse. really? Yeah, so I don't know if she's living up there or she flies back and forth. I'm not sure. Oh, wow. Goodness. What mine is she at there? No, I, or is it a community? She's working in the community of Iqaluit, the capital. Well, well, there's another adventure. Good on her. Holy smokes. Yeah. That's craziness. Um, so, uh, Dwayne Martin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that's a good story, that one. Yeah, him and uh, Heather and their two kids, Julie and Jenna, just were at the house there for a few hours with their masks on again, keeping the six foot distance, but, um, you know, COVID can't ruin a good friendship. So we kind of, kind of hooked up a little bit there, but, uh, um, and Heather, I tell you, they, uh, uh, I can say like, they're another group that arrived probably in the mid, mid nineties in Petawawa and right away to just, uh, blended in with our group. eh? Yeah, Dwayne always seemed like he he seemed like he was always there. Like <laughs> he's Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's because he's friends with everybody. Yeah. Everybody knows Dwayne and Heather and everybody has such positive things to say about them both. So they're certainly a perfect match. Um, extremely fit people. Oh my god, uh, Heather tells a story. We were doing Iron Man training together and uh I didn't have a, a bike at the time, like a ten speed bike or whatever you call them, mountain bike. Yep. So they ended up stealing one for me from the shacks. <laughs> so somebody, of course, left their bikes sitting out front of their door. So they they take this bike, and of course they've got these high speed bikes where they're adjusted to their legs and everything. And we start heading towards a deeper deep river to do a ride. And this bike, my knees are pounding off the handlebars. Right, <laughs> doesn't fit me at all. And I remember coming back pushing a headwind and uh, Heather and uh, Joanne, Joanne there were just giving her and I'm like, I can't maintain this pace. <laughs> I was just dying trying to keep up to them. But no, head down, they just kept going. Eh? Here's me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And of course, Dwayne with the story of telling us how we had that burglar in our house when um, we came back from tour there. Yep. Yeah, I'm certainly glad Dwayne was in the house there, even though he had a cast or a cast on the one leg, and and I was butt ass <laughs> well, naked. Well, the image of you being been... butt ass naked holding a baseball bat, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. What but he thought he situation. broke into Pulp Fiction here. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if Dwayne wasn't home, or and it was just one of us, or like I said, we both just got home. Um, I hate to see what it would have, it bothered me to think what would have happened at the house if, if either one of us weren't there. So and the dirt bag was a yeah. reservist too. What's that? That dirt bag that broke in was a reservist. Yeah, exactly. It was out of Hamilton. I won't say his name there, but, uh, when I opened the door, when him and Dwayne were fighting in the hallway and I swung the door open, Michelle had turned on the light and his face looked familiar to me right away. But I didn't know where. And it, what I thought initially was that he was a friend of somebody's that was at our house. Yeah. And he came over to crash, which guys did all the time because right. I was living in that house now for like 10 years as a single guy with all these other roommates. 
And um, that's what I said, you know, who the fuck are you initially? And then he says back to me, he goes, who the fuck are you back to me? And I didn't realize that him and Dwayne already exchanged punches. So Dwayne then realized that I didn't know this guy and that he had actually broken in the house. And Dwayne hauls off and punches him right in the face. <laughs> and then we rush him into the other room and, and try to take him to the ground there. And I remember this guy was big. He was six foot two is, uh, and he was 225 pounds and he was solid. Yeah. And I remember I had his, had his left arm and I'm trying to get in an arm bar. I got his wrist and I'm trying to break it up behind his back there. And I got my one hand on his shoulder and his other hand on his wrist there. And he's tightening it all the way through it. I can't bring it up. And, uh, there's no room in that room because we'd had the bed in the center of the room because we were painting the room for uh, Cassandra that was going to be born in a couple of weeks. And, uh, so I got him bent over, but I can't get his arm to his back. And, uh, Dwayne just bends down and uppercuts him right to the throat there and punches him right in the windpipe. And all you hear is, bah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll take the right idea. Oh yeah. You don't want to mess with Dwayne, man. He just has skills and he's a big guy. So yeah, at that point I was able to take him down to the ground there and <laughs> we sorted him out pretty quick. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think I'll go down forever. Uh, Dwayne, yeah, for sure. A hundred stories with Dwayne. I couldn't stop talking about them as well. But got to move on here. 